Hi, I'm Jesse Rath, and you're listening to Supergirl Radio. Your source for all things related to the CW Supergirl TV series and the character of Kara Zor-El. My name is Rebecca Johnson. I'm Morgan Glennon. And for this episode of the podcast, we are joined by our good friend and Supergirl radio guest, Bill Meeks, who just released a new book titled Fan Podcasting, The Complete Guide. So welcome back to Supergirl Radio, Bill. Uh, thank you very much, Rebecca. It's great to be back. Now, uh, for you Supergirl fans out there, there is a Supergirl fanfic in the back of the book. It's encoded every other letter. Just write it down, and you're going to get a great story about Kara <laughs> Zor-El uh, crossing over into the Marvel Universe. It's amazing. It's amazing. That's a good tip. Uh, I know lots of people are going to be very interested in that. <laughs> I mean, I, I mean, I decoded it. I read it. I cried. <laughs> very emotional. It's very well, emotional. I'm, I'm sure that was from just the hard work of decoding it because it was a very difficult code. <laughs> you just really got to get in there, listeners. You got to get in there. <laughs> So, Bill, we've had you on Supergirl Radio before talking about uh, Kryptonians and Morgan Edge and things of that nature, but you've done a lot of podcasting over the years. So uh, I, let, let's talk first about your podcasting experience. Since you wrote a book about the complete guide, like it's this is it. This is the complete guide. Um, so what, what from your experience, uh, gave you the authority, I guess, to, to write this book? Uh, well, nothing actually. I, I just <laughs> decided one day to write it. Uh, <laughs> no, for, for about seven years. And, uh, if any of the DC TV podcast people out there subscribe to the mega feed, you've probably heard my voice before. I used to host uh, legends of Gotham, uh, under my universe Fox brand of podcast. We also did, uh, a podcast about uh, Once Upon a Time on ABC called Greetings from Storybrooke. We did a Lost show called We're So Lost. And we did a bunch of other random stuff. But, you know, it was about seven years of fan podcasting two to three times a week, basically. So, you know, you learn a lot of lessons. You, uh, you, get, you end up talking to a lot of other podcasters and getting knowledge from them. And uh, eventually, uh, if you don't put that down somewhere, all that knowledge is just going to slip away into the ether. And so I was like, you know what? It's about time before I lose this knowledge for good that I sit down and kind of get it all in here and try and get something put together that would allow anyone out there who listens to a podcast like yours, who's ever thought about making a podcast like your, yours, to give them the exact approachable steps to do that. And so you did all of these podcasts that were based on a TV show and reviewing a TV show. What 
what made you want to start doing that? Was 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 there another podcast that you had been listening to that inspired you to do this, or did you just want to talk about a TV show? Well, there were definitely fan casts I listened to over the years that I, I always I would listen to it and I would be like, oh man, that would be cool if I did that someday, but I probably never will. Then I did, <laughs> uh, but. <laughs> Uh, a couple that stick out in my mind is, uh, oh, what was the name of it? Uh, there was a Heroes podcast hosted by a guy named uh, Graham Hancock and a couple other people. Um, Graham actually, uh, I eventually got to meet him. He went on to work at Revision 3 out in uh, San Francisco, and I got to meet him when I went out there to do something for my friend Brian Brushwood. Uh, but there was also, and I think it's still on the air, uh, Radio Free Scarrow. It's a Doctor Who podcast, and I always really loved uh, the way they approached it because it was a, uh, yeah, it, it was very structured and very organized, and you knew at this time in the episode this thing would be happening, and if this thing happened and you didn't care about the thing that came next, you could safely shut it off. And so, uh, you know, when I decided to start doing it, those those were my inspirations. But I I, I think I finally decided to try and start up a fan cast. Uh, I went to, and I mentioned it before, I went to Indonesia with my buddy Brian Brushwood uh, to shoot some episodes of his web series, Scam School. And there was one night we were there, uh, we went to the hotel bar, had a couple drinks, and, uh, you know, we're just talking about life, the universe, and everything. You know, one of those uh, college dorm room conversations. And he started really leaning on me and pressuring me to set goals for myself, you know, uh, because I, I was frustrated at that time because I was a content producer, uh, self-employed content producer, and things just weren't gelling for me. And he was like, no, what you need to do, you need to write down exact goals and you need to look at that list every day until you've crossed all of them off. Then you need to make a new list. So that night I sat down and I wrote that I wanted to start a fan cast about some show and a couple other things like I wanted to write uh, a dog boy uh, book series that had been floating around in my head, things like that. I, I eventually did all of them. Um, I So, you know, I came back from Indonesia and I was thinking about the list and uh, there was a show on ABC called Once Upon a Time uh, that I really, really enjoyed. I, over the summer, I got my wife Anne Marie into it and since, you know, we lived in the same house, it was usually pretty easy to get together. Uh, so, uh, so I asked her, hey, do you want to do a podcast about Once Upon a Time? And she said, I guess, maybe, sure. And uh, so we started uh, just out in the garage uh, with a micro cassette recorder on a table in between us. And, you know, within a a few months, we really found our footing. We upgraded the equipment. Uh, we had listeners and letters from people and everything. And I just loved the sense of community uh, that having a podcast gave me because, you know, very quickly people started contacting me and I would recognize names or we'd have them as guests on the show and I'd get to know them on a personal level. And uh, that's also how I met Rebecca, right. uh, by the way. Because uh, Daniel J. Lewis, who hosted Once Podcast, he had all of us Once Podcasters on his his roundtable uh, show. And Rebecca was on there and I was on there. And that was kind of our first time running into each other. And, you know, if nothing else, uh, fan podcasting gave me a friendship with Rebecca, Aww. which I, I'll be forever grateful for. Well, you should be. No, I'm just kidding. Um so that that's a that's a good sort of introduction to I guess your your podcasting origin story a little bit. 
Um, so, so let's talk about your book because I, I think this will benefit uh, not only listeners who might want to do a podcast or have an interest in podcasting, but just kind of life in general. I think all of these things that you put in the book will apply to anybody. Um, so, uh, so are there are there chapters that you're really passionate about that, that you want to talk about and, and share with people? I mean, I have a couple that I want to ask you about, but I'll, I'll start with you if, if there's any that you think are uh, really important. Well, I, I think probably the most important one in the book is the CAFE POV chapter. Uh, the CAFE POV, it's an acronym, and it basically stands for seven things you need to build into your show to create that sense of community in your show that I was talking about a couple minutes ago. I'll, I'll go ahead and just run through them real quick because I ha I typed them up in this doc here. I, I don't have them memorized yet. Uh, <laughs> I, I need to do that. Uh, but it's consistency, accuracy, friendship, expansion, play, objectivity, and voice. And these are uh, several different angles you can take on it. But what it's really all about is just uh, maintaining a positive nature in your podcast, you know, maintaining positivity in your podcast, even when you're not necessarily such a big fan of things going on in the show and just a positive attitude and a friendly welcoming attitude that will endear you to your listeners and in, in encourage your listeners to contribute to your show, which is very important. Yeah. I think that's something uh, that Morgan and I have discovered over the course of Supergirl. There have been seasons we've liked and so there have been some seasons that were less than ideal. <laughs> there were some of those on Once Upon a Time, too. <laughs> <laughs> so sometimes you have to find, I think, what uh, what is good about the show and, and find why you still want to be talking about it and, why, and what you get out of it. So uh, I don't know, Morgan, is that anything that you want to speak to about how? Yeah, no, <laughs> uh, I was just thinking about like a couple of, I feel like a couple of the episodes that still stick out in my mind are the ones where we were like, oh boy, that was, that was a stinker. <laughs> like, like the episodes where we're like, Rebecca, what, I'm like, Rebecca, what did we just watch? Like, did you understand what happened? And she's like, uh, not really. And like, <laughs> we'll just talk about it. And I think it's, you know, it's one of those things where finding the, you know, the light side of it or finding the thing that you do like about it. Um, or even like within the complaints, sometimes there's like, mm -hmm. it's, there's, you can create like sort of a, like laughter about it. Like, okay, this wasn't great. And this is why, and I don't really understand it. And like, let's move on. I, I think that we have a good, we have a built like a rapport where we can kind of look at things that we don't like and not just spend like an hour griping about them. Like, yeah. we're just like, I don't really understand. Like, what are they trying to attempt here? Like, what are they trying to do? And I think also, you know, making some jokes about it and stuff like that usually mm. lightens it up. It's, I, I agree. Like, I don't like to listen to a podcast where they're like, where they're just like, Oh, I hated this. I hated this. And it's bad. Like that's, not interesting because you kind of shut down avenues of conversation if you're just like this was not good and and I don't you know and I'm going to complain about it instead of being like I didn't like I didn't connect with this and this is why there's one episode that uh and I think Morgan's probably thinking about <laughs> the same one but there's an episode in season three of Supergirl called not Kansas where they basically uh, did a whole gun control episode. Yeah, that was the one I was thinking of. <laughs> it, it was really rough. And I, I would agree with Morgan. It was one of our better episodes that we were able to find something 
uh, fun and enjoyable out of it, even though, boy, was it bad. It was a really <laughs> bad episode all around. I, I think it, like, gave us, an a, a, like, an excuse to kind of go into the structure of the show, where uh-huh. we got to be like, this is the story they are trying to tell, and we get that, but the actual structure of the show is, like, is telling a different story, and I don't think that the you know that the show doesn't understand that the show is telling it's a different like it was it was really fun I I thought like we had a good time kind of exploring like what happens when the you're trying to shove a point onto a narrative that's not having it and mm-hmm. the narrative is shaking it off like <laughs> yeah yeah and I I mean that's a great approach to have to I uh, and in the book I bring this up in sort of a negative way but I I actually still look at it at it as a complete positive. Uh, Once upon a time, uh, which I've complained about already on this podcast, um, you know, they did a, they brought in uh, Merida from Brave uh, in I think the fifth season and they did a whole episode featuring her and me and Anne-Marie hated it, hated (laughs) it, hated it, hated it. We, (laughs) We did not want to talk about it on the show because we knew that all of our listeners would just go, by because there had never been an episode of once that we had hated that much. So instead what we decided to do, and it very much uh, in the same vein as your example, we decided to pretend it hadn't aired. And uh, <laughs> so, so it, it happened to be on a night where they did a double episode. So it was really easy to do. So what we did, we started the podcast and we were like, we, we did a rhyming episode summary at the top of every, every podcast. So we wrote, wrote the rhyming summary for the first episode. And we were like, we got to the end of the rhyming summary and we were like, okay, so we're going to talk about this episode because it was the only episode on. Right. And then we moved on and the chat room was like, no, wait a second. There was a second episode. Ha ha. You guys missed it. And we saw it in the chat room and we were like, Oh, these guys are saying they saw another episode. They must've downloaded some weird Canadian bootleg off the pirate Bay or something. (laughs) And, and for the rest of the episode, we kept that up and did not break from the fact that we we were, you know, calling our listeners pirates and everything else. And a lot of people had a really good time. But we also saw in the weeks after that, we saw a substantial dip in our numbers. I won't say, you know, 20 percent, but it was probably 10 percent. And we were like, oh, we we crossed a line. We uh, we maybe <laughs> leaned away from that positivity I was talking about that's so important and maybe uh, lost a few of our longtime listeners forever. So it, it's great to go in with a positive uh, viewpoint about a negative opinion. But by the same time, you do have to be a little careful. There's a very fine line there, you know. Yeah, that's that's a really good example, because uh, while you were talking before you got to the point where like your numbers dropped, I was like, oh, that might be something we could try on Supergirl Radio. <laughs> I was I was thinking about <laughs> it for a second. I was like, how can we pull that off? Uh, but I don't think we can. Could we, could we like just Jeremiah Danvers, uh, like Lockwood, <laughs> just pretend like he's off in the woods somewhere and he never existed? <laughs> uh, the, the show in our heads uh, are is it's far superior than the one that airs on the CW. Um, so uh, since you, you you mentioned a Google Doc earlier, uh, I am very passionate about Google Docs. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's uh, infamous on this podcast. This yep. is a new fact I'm just learning about, Rebecca. <laughs> <laughs> that uh, 
My, Didn't you just receive the Nobel Prize for Google Docs? She she did. Yeah. We're very proud of her. I don't like to <laughs> brag about it. Um, so I, I do have lengthy uh, and very uh, intense Google Docs, uh, which some people uh, find intimidating and annoying. Uh, but, <laughs> but I happen to think uh, it's very important. Uh, so you do have a chapter in your book, Bill, called Creating a Show Doc. Would you like to tell our listeners why I... Uh, spend so much time on Google Docs? <laughs> well, I, I always look at a, a good show doc. If nothing else, it's a safety net. because And this might be more important if you're doing a live broadcasted podcast, because, you know, if you're recording off air, uh, you can always, you know, stop and collect your thoughts and get back into it and edit all that crap out later. But, uh, you know, if you're, especially if you're in a live environment, uh, you can like right now, your your mind starts to blank. You start saying, uh, um, oh, you're trying to put together things. I should have put together a doc for this. Um, but, <laughs> but uh, you know, so it's just like a safety net that's there. So if you ever do get lost and, you know, you're out there in front of the crowd trying to remember your line, you have your script right there in your hands. And it also, I think, it, it gives you an excuse to think about your epi your podcast episode before you record it and kind of think of a structure because, you know, if you have a show doc, it's really easy to be like, oh, wait, these two points match up. Maybe we should move those closer together. So it's more of a organic flowing conversation. And I, I just think that it, it takes the, the danger out of podcasting to a degree because, you know, worst case scenario, you can dart your eyes to the left for two seconds and get right back where, where you're supposed to be. Yeah, I do, I do find that it, it helps uh, with the structure of our episodes. And I'm curious, Morgan, what do you think uh, is important about the Google Docs that we operate out of? So many things. <laughs> uh, my favorite is when I open it and it takes a couple minutes to load and the, the cursor keeps getting smaller and smaller. And I'm like, is it gonna stop? Uh, some of those, um, some of the like, uh, spotlight episodes that we have where we're talking about comic book characters and stuff like that. Rebecca will go and she'll like grab screen caps of, of comic book panels and things like that. So these are very like they're heavy documents too. So mm -hmm. you're scrolling down, you're like, Oh, there's a picture here and there's a picture here. They're honestly <laughs> like, they're like works of beauty. Uh, <laughs> and it doesn't, it really does though. Like to your point, it, it helps us keep on topic. It helps us keep. Okay. Mm -hmm. So after we, you know, talk about this topic, let's dive into this scene. And then after we talk about that, let's wrap up and like, let's not forget our tweets. Like, <laughs> it's important stuff. And I, I, Rebecca does a great job on those docs. And I think I would be all over the place if it wasn't <laughs> for being like, oh yeah, that's right. This thing happened in this episode. Jean finally revealed his deep, dark secret in this one. <laughs> I almost forgot. The nice thing about Google Docs, or not necessarily Google Docs, but just having a show doc, is is that it allows you to uh, identify when you're going off on a tangent, too, because if you always have it up in front of you, you know, you might get off into some weird sidetrack that has almost nothing to do with your show. And if you have a visual reminder of where you're, you're supposed to be going, it's a lot <laughs> easier to realize you're down in a rabbit hole and get out of it before you get in too deep and your Supergirl show becomes a show about, I don't know, um, 
We'll say Sweden. Yeah. I mean, it's always a risk. Yeah. <laughs> I, I love Sweden. <laughs> well, I mean, how many of us have almost started a Swedish podcast? I mean, I, I think everybody listening, I'd imagine. I mean, that's going to be our spinoff, I think, at the end of Supergirl Radio. <laughs> Swedish Girl Radio? I like it. Yeah. I like it. Yeah, there have been times where I uh, sort of got lost in the weeds of my thoughts. And because Morgan had the same dock that I was operating out of, she could, like, bring us back into that next topic. So it is helpful that, you know, if you're both, like, if you have a co-host and you're both looking at the same thing, you can, you know, help, you know, help the other person out a little bit. So that that's always beneficial, I think, for these. Oh, yeah, definitely. Uh, the fact that you have sort of a back channel of communication between your co-host is is huge, you know, because, you know, a lot of times when we were recording, you know, say Legends of Gotham, we'd get halfway through the show and I'd realize that, you know, we were approaching things backwards and I could go in there and change the order of the segments in the dock to kind of fit the structure I realized the show needed to have. And Anne-Marie would see me make the change. Uh, sometimes she'd call it out. Usually she wouldn't. And uh, then we could just continue on, and no one would know that we were kind of flying by the seat of our pants. Yeah, uh, that's happened to us a couple of times. We've had to edit <laughs> while we were recording. Uh, so it I think it's also, it's also useful when, you know, we're, when we are off on uh, some tangent, <laughs> some side tangent, where I'm just going on about the the real estate prices in National City, and uh, and and then I'll glance over at the doc and I'll see how many more things in the episode we need to cover, and like, uh -huh. oh no, I got we gotta I gotta stop talking about the about the you know interest rates, and we gotta get back on <laughs> <laughs> we gotta get it back on topic. You're like we're on page two, and this is a 400 page document. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> Well, um, so I, I just wanted to make sure that our listeners knew that uh, show docs are super important, and that's why uh, Morgan complains about them all the time. It's true. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I, another uh, section that I wanted to talk about, uh, because this is relevant to Supergirl Radio, is the chapter that you you wrote on uh, common fan cast segments. So what what's important about um, podcasts, or, or at least fan podcasts, uh, that are about... TV shows or movies or whatever it is, uh, having like recurring segments. So uh, creating these segments that you can sort of plug in and order and arrange in your doc it is super important because, well, for one, uh, there there's so much that people come to for fan podcast and there are certain things that they expect. Like they expect you to probably address news and trailers and rumors, uh, maybe with a spoiler warning. They expect you to obviously discuss the episode. Uh, they expect you to, uh, you know, inform them and teach them about, you know, things behind the scenes or things off of the screen that might enhance their enjoyment of the show. They're, they're coming to your show for value. And by coming up with segments and plugging them in in a specific order, not only are you giving them that value, but you're also teaching them when to expect the things that they like. So, you know, if they like, you know, some sort of little wrap-up segment you do at the end of the main discussion, once you're in the main discussion, they're like, okay, my my thing's coming, my favorite thing's coming. <laughs> or if you do like we did uh, Legends of Gotham, uh, Gotham on Fox, uh, there was a character that was quote-unquote the Joker, kind of, uh, but for a while there, there was a big mystery surrounding on if the Joker would even appear on Gotham. Uh, and then John Stevens, uh, the executive producer, he said in an interview that they were going to be 
putting clues in every episode about who the Joker might be. So we developed a segment called Look at This Joker, uh, where every <laughs> week we'd sing a silly song. It would be like, <clears throat> let me say I haven't done it in a while. My voice is shot, but look at this Joker. Look at this Joker right over there. Look at this Joker. He has green hair. Look at this Joker. And then we'd talk about whatever <laughs> the uh, the clue for the Joker was that week. And, and that, that, that was a really fun segment uh, because, you know, people came to expect it. And we sort of became a resource online because of it, because we, we take the points that we made in the look at this Joker segment, and we put them all on a central page on our website. And that page <laughs> got more web hits than any other page I've ever put on the internet. <laughs> like literally like thousands of people a month, like Joker, Gotham, and it would be like the third listing. So, so uh, you know, coming up with those sort of like branded segments that people can count on every week, I think is a really great way one, to break up your main discussion so you don't get too long-winded or get tired of speaking. And, and two, just because fans learn to love them and expect them and anticipate them and sometimes even send in content for them. You know, we had people send in Joker tips to us all the time. One of the things I'm really proud of with Supergirl Radio is that the, the two biggest, like, recurring segments that we have, Lena Luther Boardroom or Ballroom and Snap Judgments, those sort of came... Uh, out of an organic thing it was sort of like look at look at this joker like we didn't you know set out to we're gonna do this it just kind of happened you know there was one episode i want to say it was legion of superheroes in season three was when morgan first pointed out that lena luther was like wearing a you know a dress with her shoulders out at catco and that like became <laughs> boardroom or ballroom out of that and so I, I think those are kind of cool, and I think that's what makes it the segments a little more special is that it's something that's unique to us, that's unique to our podcast. You're not going to get that on any other Supergirl podcast because it's something that came out of an organic conversation that we had. I think Snap Judgments was the same way. It was just like from us being obsessed with Snapper Car not snapping. <laughs> and then I don't, I don't even remember the genesis of that, but like, you know, eventually it became Snap Judgments. And now it's one of, I think it's one of our listeners' favorite segments on the show. I think, so it's, it's fun to, to watch as those segments kind of like create themselves almost and then mm -hmm. become like what people are coming to the, the, podcast for like people ask us all the time like here's a picture boardroom or ballroom with snap judgments i think if i remember correctly so a listener sent us in a couple of questions and we tried to do like a lightning round like do it really quickly and that that sort of turned into snap judgments because we didn't want to call it a lightning round because that's more like a like a flash thing or a black lightning thing so I think it was, I want to say it was Carly who maybe came up with Snap Judgments, the name. Um, and so I, I think it just kind of stemmed from, you know, listener questions. And then it just kind of snowballed into what is now Snap Judgments. And, and like Morgan said, it has grown. We, I mean, there's a good probably 10, 15 minutes of every podcast. We're just, just Snap Judgments, and that's all it is. But <laughs> listeners really like it. Yeah, and I, I think that, you know, that's the right approach, uh, appro trying to come up with a branded segment organically because, well, <clears throat> we, we stopped doing Legends of Gotham for about a year, and then we came back for the final season. And by that time, uh, the Jeremiah character was basically the Joker in all but name. So we didn't feel like we could really do look at this Joker anymore. 
So we tried this thing called Light the Night where we pointed out, you know, different points of, you know, how Bruce was turning into Batman. And it just never worked. It never worked as well as look at this Joker because it was forced. We, we were like, okay, we need a segment here. Let's come up with a segment. Okay, that thing is checked off the list. Next thing. And it just didn't have the same magic that look at this Joker had because, you know, we kind of came up up with that in response to what the show was doing and it developed very organically over you know a hundred episodes to where uh you know you know people would come to expect the songs and they would bring up past versions of the songs that we had done and you know it was a whole thing yeah that i as a listener of legends of gotham i always looked forward to it so uh yeah that 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 i guess maybe that's sort of part of my inspiration for like um, y'all had your little improvised song, but I, I sort of took it upon myself to create, uh, you know, sound bumpers or intro and outro clips to go along with the segment so that listeners would know it was coming. If they hear that little snapping music, you know, <laughs> yeah. uh, kind of like, you know, fading, fading in, they know snap judgments is coming. Uh, and so I would like to do more of those. I mean, we have legal legal consultants, you know, Supergirl Radio legal consultants. I, I want to do, <laughs> I want to do a little, uh, you know, uh, sound effect for them so that when we have them write in, that's that's going to be their intro music. So there are more coming that we're sort of working on. But again, like that, that's come out of an organic thing. That's um, that just ha- it just happens that we have these listeners who are these amazing attorneys so uh that that i really enjoy and it it's fun for us like it's not i don't think it's just fun for the listeners like i think morgan and i both have a good time to you know know that we we can when we watch the episode or at least when i do i can't speak for morgan but when i do i will i will be looking at lena's attire just just in case there's something that we can use for that segment. oh yeah definitely <laughs> oh yeah back when i uh was watching gotham like every episode i was on my on the lookout for like ace chemicals or yeah, oh, there's yeah. a smile on that wall. You know, it, it kind of just changes the way you watch the show a little, little bit in a good way. Yeah. And I think the listeners also do that as well. It changes the way that some of our listeners watch the show as well, because there will be people like if Lena's wearing something like she's wearing an off the shoulder dress in the middle of winter mm-hmm. <laughs> outside in a snowstorm, like we're, we're the first people who get, tweets about it like they're like did uh-huh. you see what lena's wearing did you see boardroom of ballroom boardroom of ballroom so it's 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 funny that like the the listeners have picked up like this season alone i think the amount of tweets we get every time there's like a robot or hope is on uh, <laughs> and like this is a character that probably nobody but our listeners cares about because we <laughs> care about this character so much so you so you can tell that the listeners are watching the show differently than they would be if they weren't listening to the podcast. We had on greetings from Storybrooke, we had one of those characters too. We were obsessed with Gus Gus, Billy the mechanic, Gus Gus the mouse. So much show that we eventually had him on the show a couple times. The running joke was pour one out for Gus Gus. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that that should be on our our wish list Morgan that we get uh on Oh my Brooks. god. Oh, that would be so great. I would I would be so excited. Um, I would I would be like, I I can't do the voice in front of her. <laughs> <laughs> I would make you do the voice. It would not even be a question. Okay, uh, so the last chapter I personally wanted to ask you about, and this is something that has been relatively uh, relevant uh, to me personally. <laughs> um, so you have a chapter called Feed the Trolls. Now, I want to uh, get your definition of, 
Uh, just clarify for me, Bill, What? how do you define a troll? I define a troll as somebody who, um, I'm trying to think of how to do it without using curse words. Um, I, I think of a troll as, as somebody who comes into a space that never been in before and stirs stuff up. I, at the very base level, that's what it is. It, that that uh, obviously removes any sort of judgment call on the motivation and stuff. Um, but it, that's basically what I think it is. I, if, if do you want me to get into motivation or what I think a lot of people's motivation yeah, is? Yeah, yeah, go for it. Sure, yeah. Okay, so I think a lot of trolls out there, and I say this uh, having known some and having experienced them in my chat room. I, I think a lot of trolls out there are just people who in their lives feel like they don't have a voice and they feel like a, an anonymous outlet, like say your chat room or your uh, feedback section or whatever is, is a good safe place to kind of let those negative emotions out that they're letting out. Because, you know, when you run into someone face to face, there's all these biological signals that flash in your brain telling you, you know, don't put yourself in danger because this person can harm you. Uh, where, you know, when you're typing through a keyboard or calling in a rude voicemail or something, you don't get that signal because you don't have a human there with you. So I, I think a lot of trolls are, they have negative emotions and they're projecting them in a place that doesn't deserve them and they probably don't want to be doing anyway. I, I, I think that, uh, you know, it's usually either that or... Sometimes trolls can be a fan of your show already and they just don't know how to express it. So it comes out in these really weird ways that seems like they're attacking you. Uh, sometimes they might actually be, you know, attacking you verbally or with words or ideas. But for a, a lot of the time, it's just plain awkwardness. You know, they they're they love your show. They listen every week and they, they want to interact and touch you and see that you know that they're a real person uh but they don't feel they can do that without some sort of big grandstanding action like throwing a curse word in your chat room or you know making some rude comment about you so they get a reaction so what they're looking for is a reaction and i think it, it, the basic point of the chapter is you should definitely give it to them you know obviously there are situations that might endanger your safety or the safety of your chat room or your community and obviously shut it down right away. But I, I think if you engage with trolls and try and figure out why they're trolling you, I, I, I think a lot of times you can convert them into fans. And a lot of times those fans will be your biggest and best fans and your biggest contributors. Yeah, that is a, a very noble way to go about it. Cause you know, the, I think the basic and like the base instinct that I would have is I, I want to, you know, sort of not fight back, you know, physically, but maybe verbally and sort of lash out. But, uh, but I have noticed that within the last couple of years in my own personal experience, when, when you try to, you know, uh, engage with somebody and have them, because like, like you said, some of these people just want their voices heard. And so if you, if you do engage with them and let them speak their opinion and sort of you know, engage in their their thoughts and what they have to say, they're more likely to listen to what you have to say. So I do think that that is a good way to go about it. Uh, I know there are some differing strategies on how to handle trolls, but I sort of like your approach and what, what you talk about in the book that, 
um, that you it is possible to win those people over. I do think that is that is something that is possible. In my experience, or in our experience at least, like some of the trolls, they want to be angry at you, and when you come to them with an energy that's like. <laughs> okay, well, we're, we're completely willing to hear you out. Like what's, what is your perspective? Why don't you, why don't you engage with us? What's, what do you, what do you want to say? There's either two things, which is that they'll engage with you in good faith and you'll have a dialogue and you can really like talk to those people or they'll just go away suddenly because what they really <laughs> yeah. wanted to do was be mad at a person and they want it to, they want it to escalate. They wanted a fight. You didn't give them what they wanted. So now they're not interested anymore. Yeah, they're looking for a negative reaction, and if if you don't give it to them, most likely they're going to get bored and roll roll away. Uh, no, they'll, they'll walk away. I, I don't know. Trolls are kind of roundish. They could roll. <laughs> um, but but there are a lot of techniques in that chapter in the book that that I've used personally, you know, dozens of times to effectively convert trolls. And like you said, Rebecca, it all comes down to just sort of, you know, opening your heart to them a little bit. And uh, most times that will work out pretty well for you. Now, again, I, I do want to stress that, you know, there are real dangerous people out there and people who do mean you harm. And so, you know, you need to be wary. I, I mean, I've had my own run-ins. We had a listener to our uh, Greetings from Storybook podcast who not only, you know, approached me in person and physically assaulted me, but what? Threatened, threatened me Whoa. and my family and all this other stuff, uh, we don't talk about it too much because, well, it's in the past and they haven't talked, bothered us in the years, so we want to keep it that way. But, you know, there are real dangers out there, but I, I think I think it's important to at least try to reach out and open your heart to these, a lot, a lot of them are lonely people. Because if you don't, then what are you doing the podcast for? Uh, what are you trying to build a community for if it's not to help people feel better about their lives. And I think, I think you owe it to your listeners to at least give it a shot before shutting it down completely. I mean, people get glib and they scream about, you know, swinging the band hammer. And I'm so happy I got to swing the band hammer, but people don't realize that in a lot of cases you might be throwing away a perfectly good friendship or a good listener that would contribute to you just because you didn't have the patience to take 60, 90 seconds to deal with them in an open and honest way like you guys do. Yeah, I, I think that's it's really important because you made a point about uh, some people being lonely. And I, I know in my personal experience, I think part of feeling like I am connected to a, a podcast or, you know, podcast personalities is because they're in my earbuds. They're in a very personal place. Like I, you know, I feel like I'm connected to them because they are literally inside of my ears. And so, uh, so I think that that, that closeness in, in that kind of weird ways makes me feel connected to those people and to those podcasts. And so as a, as a podcast listener, that's how I feel about some of my favorite podcasts is that I'm getting to spend time with them. And so when we get listeners who say, Hey, you know, I listen to you when I'm on a flight, when I'm traveling somewhere, or, you know, you guys keep me laughing while I'm running. Like, they're taking us with them wherever they go. And so I think there is that personal connection. And uh, so it does, you know, for me personally, I mean, it does 
curb some of that loneliness you know if i'm you know i have a long commute so if i'm driving in a car for an hour it's nice to have somebody else there with me even if it's just in my earbuds i think that's like the reason why people like podcasts so much or feel so much more attached to podcasts because in a in a weird way we're like they're taking us with them throughout their daily life like when you're Mm -hmm. reading an article you're sitting down and you're like attuning to one thing and then you go off and you do whatever you're gonna do but when you you're listening to a podcast you're going for a run you're doing the dishes you're cooking you're go on your commute and like the podcast goes with you to those places Mm -hmm. so I know like when I you know I listen to podcasts all the time on my commute and I feel like they're like my buddies who are like driving driving along with me on the other side of the coin too you know we don't really do uh podcast about you know our personal lives but a lot of your personal life ends up in your podcast and so not only do they listen to you all the time but they know a lot about you like it always it always surprised me when i would run into listeners in real life and you know i'd be telling one of my stock stories that i tell all the time you know about why i don't drink gin or something like that and they'd be like oh yeah because uh, that bum uh, puked in the seat behind you on that greyhound bus and i'm like oh yeah yeah i must have mentioned that on the podcast but <laughs> it's a little disconcerting at first because you're like i have the stock story it kills every time Anyone I meet. Here, I've met someone who's already a fan of mine. I need to make sure that I come off well to them. I start my story. Oh, I said it on the podcast. (laughs) Well, and I think that the best podcasts are always a little uh, transparent, you know, in some ways. So that's that's been my experience. Well, um, so in I wanted to ask you about the design of your book, uh, because he because here on Supergirl Radio, we are uh, robot friendly. We, uh, oh, yeah, <laughs> we, we, we enjoy robots. And I noticed you had little robots in the design and the look of your book. So what inspired that? That's an interesting question. Uh, there were a couple, like I was looking around for a design motif for the company in general. And I stumbled across uh, these cool uh, robots. You'll, you'll see one on the cover they're, and they're all throughout the book. Uh, but it was all robots sort of working together to do something creative, you know, literally hundreds of images that I was able to to license featuring that kind of stuff. And I I hadn't featured it. it, There's a little bit of it on the company website, but when I was trying to decide how to design the book, I was like, you know what? I should use the robots because it's super distinctive. It's interesting. The robots are all a little funky and it'll be eye-catching. And then I also thought it would be cool because I could use little Uh, sort of just one color pieces of artwork throughout the book to kind of mark the chapters and kind of set a feeling throughout. And then it also ties back to the company, which is kind of what I wrote the book to promote. Yeah, and it has a a, a technology vibe to it, which uh, coincides with the topic of podcasting. Yeah, and I love the guy in the cover with the light bulb microphone. Love it. Yeah, (laughs) they're really cute. So I just I wanted to know where those came from. Okay, so this is these are a couple of selfish questions just because uh, I, I want to know, because uh, there are some things in your book that we've already tried to implement, trying to take some of your advice, but I, I want to get more of your vi- advice just in case there are things that, um, that we can do better as a podcast. Uh, so, Bill, so if... Uh, 
if you were to say uh, anything about what you think Supergirl Radio does well, what it, what would it be? I think you guys have a tremendous sense of play, which is so important because of, if a podcast is fun to listen to or isn't fun to listen to, even if it's about something you care about, you're not going to stay tuned in. And you guys have a wonderful sense of play from, you know, everything we've already talked about, about the snap judgments and the Lena Luther fashion. And I just your personalities and the way you bounce off each other. There, there's a term in improv comedy called blocking. And it's where, you know, someone runs out onto a stage and you're starting an improv scene and you're like, Hey, I just uh, I, I found Grandma dead back there, and then someone hops out of the back line, and they're like, "No, I'm Grandma, and I'm still alive." You don't do that. You you <laughs> yes and you radically agree, and you guys are great at even when you disagree, you're great at supporting each other despite your opinion. Yeah, I think that uh, a lot of that comes from Morgan because she has a really wonderful sense of humor. And I just, uh, I think <laughs> I, I, I know my place on the podcast that I'm just kind of the, the you know, the straight man, as it were, to sort of respond to that. So um, there there's, I, I think, you know, over, over five years, you know, you sort of kind of, you do develop a rapport. And so I think that does help just the more you do it, uh, that comes through. So I'm, I'm always glad that we can have, fun on the podcast and that's that's one of the things I think keeps me going is because I know every Tuesday night or sometimes Wednesday but most every, <laughs> most every Tuesday you know I you know even if I don't like the episode or even if I you know don't want to talk about the show I know I'm gonna have a good time so I think that's I think that's just important in general for podcasting because if you're not having fun doing it What's the point? You're spending a lot of time doing this. You might as well have a good time. Rebecca's too kind, first of all, um, because <laughs> she's very funny herself. And also, I, I, I give her props all the time that, like, without Rebecca, this podcast would be me going, like, what was the episode? What did we watch? <laughs> just be one, it would be Supergirl Radio. Um, one person is very confused, and no one would listen to that. No one wants to listen to that. Uh, but, I, 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 like, to her point, I, I agree, like, even if I watch the episode and I go, ooh, I didn't like that. Like, I, I really, like, actively dislike that episode. I know when we get on the podcast, we're going to find stuff that we thought was really good about it. We're going to find mm – -hmm. we're going to be able to, to commiserate about stuff that we didn't like. We're going to be able to, to find, like, the positive side and make it funny and, like, have a good time with our listeners. Mm -hmm. And I think that that – the fact that we enjoy doing the podcast so much, I think that's what comes through in, like, the, like the back and forth. Yeah, and that's what's going to make your listeners enjoy the podcast, too. Uh, because if you're not having fun, your listeners certainly aren't going to be. And it's very admirable that you guys, even – you know, when you might disagree with certain directions the show goes, you keep that upbeat, positive energy. And that that's what gets you listeners, and that's what keeps your listeners. It, it's just, uh, you know, end of the day, you're having fun. And if you're having fun, they're having fun. And, you know, one of the most wonderful things that came out of the podcasting was when listeners would write in and say, I don't watch Once Upon a Time anymore. I hate Gotham now, but I still listen to your show <laughs> because you guys just have such a gosh darn good time. And and that that is so honoring that, you know, you know, our little chintzy podcast that we're recording in a home office can beat out, you know, a professional production from, you know, ABC or Fox or whatever. Yeah, we've had a couple of those uh, comments as well. And it, it is nice to know that, you know, even if people don't want to watch the show, they do want to hang out with us. So 
that that is that is something that uh, I, I enjoy when we get those kind of comments. I, I do think you said though, a part of that question, Rebecca, was uh, what should you guys improve on? Yeah, or... they, that was my next question. Yes. Is uh, what what do you think, just as an outsider? Because we think we're great, but we could probably yeah, we we could probably always use some you know constructive criticism on what we could do better. So. As an outsider, what what do you think that we could maybe improve on? You're already kind of doing it because you guys have been doing these Instagram lives lately. I think you guys should bite the bullet and stream live to Twitch or YouTube or something like that mm. when you record oh, your episode. <laughs> oh God, I'd have to I'd have to wear makeup all the time though. I'd have to like I'd have to not be in my my pajamas always when we. <laughs> so they have all those filters. You can give yourself like a leopard mask or something. Perfect, It'll be fun. Perfect. If, what if I only did it with like the dog face, like the Instagram dog face? <laughs> perfect. For, and then that Rebecca could be, could be, be my cat brand. face. Yeah. Rebecca could be the cat face, and then it'll be, it'll be a nice dynamic there. Yeah, that that's, that I, I would watch that actually. That would that would be amazing. <laughs> no, but I I think you guys just have you guys uh, in good ways and bad ways. You have such an active listener base, and you guys play so well off each other. I I think it would be a really smart move for you to try and take it live and bring some of that live interaction into your show because. I, I think, you know, bringing, and I make this point in the book several times, bringing outside voices into your show can only help it. Because, you know, as much as you know, as smart as you are, collectively, your listeners are smarter. So the more you can feature them, uh, the better. That is Oh, I have no doubt about that. Yeah, that is definitely true. <laughs> we, we have done some live uh, episodes where it was just audio. And those are actually a lot of fun because we do have a chat room and it's what what I find really awesome about those times when we go live is that it's not necessarily just those listeners interacting with us, but it's our listeners interacting with each other. And I think that's really wonderful is because that shows that there is community there because the listeners will recognize each other's usernames and, and sort of their own opinions on everything. So I, I, I always enjoy when I get to see you know, people who may not know each other in real life, but they, they know each other from the podcast. And so I, I always think that's really cool that we've sort of brought all of these people together over these weird things that we talk about on the show. So uh, that's that's been really rewarding when we do those live shows. I haven't done fan cast in a few years now, but I still occasionally on social media, on Twitter or Facebook, I'll see our listeners interacting with each other on a personal level, having nothing to do with the show or my podcast. And I'm like, you know what? If at the end of the day, if that's all that came out of those podcasts were, was those friendships that formed totally worth it. Totally worth the hundreds of hours I put into it. Yeah. It, it it's, it's an awesome uh, reward. Um, so we did have a listener question. I think if it's this, if this was not correct, I did not get a chance to go back into my live stream that I did from Instagram, but I think it was from at nerdy geek forever 77 who asked, um, what uh this was the question from instagram what is the most surprising thing you've found about the podcast art form so bill if 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 you were surprised by the the times that you were podcasting what would you say i think the the most surprising and the most exciting thing about it is that the medium is so adaptable uh you know while there's npr style podcasts there are joe rogan style podcasts there are fan casts like we've done uh, there are audio drama podcasts like we've done because you guys are on the fake as <laughs> my audio drama podcast. But just uh, the audio medium has so many ways you can go and it's 
it's not limited like more visual mediums like movies and television shows because, well, for one, the budget concern. You can create a huge soundscape for pennies uh, that can represent any sort of scenario or any scene you want. So th that's one you can you can build a lot more imagination into your podcast. And I think because it's such a new art form, this is getting less and less every day because you have big players like Conan O'Brien and the Podfather, the Podfather, <laughs> Conan O'Brien, and uh, you know all those Hollywood types coming into the space. But right now, it's still a little bit wild, wild west to where you can really sort of experiment and actually maybe do something new in an art form, which is really hard to do these days in most art forms. So I, I think, uh, you know, that's, that's probably its biggest strength is that it's so new that it's not so well-defined that you can't break the rules or come up with your own. Uh, yeah, and I should clarify that the actual podfather is Adam Curry from the No Agenda podcast, <laughs> uh, not Conan O'Brien. Uh, yeah, no, I think that's a really good point that, that you, can, you can create anything with audio that you really, I mean, you are limited uh, with video because of special effects or... Uh, sets and stages and locations but with with audio even uh when i did my once upon a time podcast uh one summer during the height this is where i developed the we don't take a break during hiatus morgan um <laughs> uh, is that i wanted to do something during the summer when once upon a time was not on and so i thought it would be neat to do like little uh dramatic interpretations of, of fairy tales and so a bill, I recruited Bill to do one for me. And so uh, I just, I had some people I knew who, you know, I've sent them some pages of a, a fairy tale and they, you know, did whatever interpretation they wanted to do of it. And that was really fun. And a couple of them, I actually did try to do some sound effects and sort of create the sound so that it would really bring you into the story. And it was really fun. And I learned a lot about editing and how to, um, create an atmosphere through layers of sound. And so there are a lot of things that you can do with audio. You, you just can't do with video. It had been agreed upon that the one who should bring water first from a far distant brook should be a counted winner. Now the king's daughter and runner each took a picture, and they started both at the same time. But in one moment, when the king's daughter had gone but a very little way, the runner was out of sight, for his running was as if the wind rushed by. In a short time, he reached the brook, filled his pitcher full of water, and turned back again. When you contacted me about that project, that was such an honor because we didn't know each other nearly as well back then. And it was just like, oh, wow, she thought of me as someone who could actually, you know, read a story or something. It, it, it was just, it, it was flattering. I'll just say that. Well, it didn't take me too long to realize that you had a, had a good uh, air about you and you had sort of like this fun personality that would be up for anything. So uh, I think that's been something that has uh, uh, gone on in our uh, our friendship ever since, is that uh, Bill said, hey, would you read this part in this thing that I'm writing? And I was like, okay, I'm not an actress, but sure. <laughs> so it's just one of those things <laughs> where, like, you know, just be, you know, up for anything. And uh, I think it's it's fun that we've, we've kind of developed this, you know, relationship where it's like, I don't know what this is, but I'll support you and I'll be a part of it. And so I think that that was kind of the the start of that. So I I really appreciate you doing that for me. It was a lot of fun and uh, it was a lot, good variety there. Um, so I guess uh, one of the things to kind of wrap up our discussion. So we've been talking a lot about podcasting, but 
are there things about your book that if people don't have an interest in podcasting or don't want to be a podcaster, what what are some takeaways that you think just in general people might get out of your book? Well, for, for one, if you're thinking about doing any sort of criticism about fiction, I, there is a lot of guidance in there to criticize things objectively. Uh, now, to be fair, I kind of ripped it off by an old-time guy named, I think it's Goethe. I, I always pronounce it Goethe, but I think it's Goethe. Uh, but he has these three rules of criticism that I sort of break down and give specific exa examples about that will teach you to give a positive review even if you have a negative opinion. And I think that's super important because if you're if you're writing for anybody, if you're doing criticism for an audience, you're going to turn off people in that audience if you criticize something they love. So it's important to have a certain amount of objectivity in that. And beyond that, I think anyone who likes stories about you know, people developing something and building something and eventually walking away from it. Uh, it's also a story about my time in podcasting and the things I got from it and the reasons I walked away. So so it's a compelling narrative in that sense. And then there's a lot of advice too. Um, one other thing I'll mention is that there's a huge se section on how to engage the cast and crew of the show you're reviewing, how to go find their agent's name, how to organize the interview when you have them on your show things like that yeah uh, we need to take notes about that yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. we got we got it we got to reread that that section i need hope on this podcast <laughs> <laughs> yeah we got to up our our interview game uh we've been kind of slacking on that um well i think that's going to do it for this discussion of fan podcasting the complete guide and so thank you very much for taking the time out of your your busy schedule with your new venture bill to come and talk to us about it so how can our listeners not only find you on the internet, the internet to download the book and how can they get uh, involved with uh, doing anything media? Well, uh, as far as the book, if you go to do anything media slash fan podcasting, uh, we both have uh, paid versions, you know, on all the major stores like Kobo, Amazon. I don't know why I said Kobo verse first because Amazon's obviously way bigger. Uh, but you can also, if you want to, uh, just join our mailing list, and I'll send you a free copy. Uh, now you're asking, I don't want spam. I just want the book. That's fine. Um, but I think you should give the mailing list a chance because the mailing list is sort of the key into our creative community that we're building with Do Anything Media. Uh, basically, Do Anything Media is a virtual playhouse where people can come together online to work on cool creative projects. Uh, you know, maybe things like Rebecca was talking about a few minutes ago, like the fairy tale stories we did back in the day. You know, projects like that. Actually, the three of us are all involved right now in a week-long micro-vlogging challenge that's going to produce a documentary series called One Week in March. And, you know, it's just all sorts of things like that I'm going to be trying to build be building as well as resources like the book. And later this year, I'm also going to be releasing a platform for uh, creators where they can monetize their content. Uh, so that's kind of the last big leg of the company I have left to build. It's coming and you're going to want to be there for it because I think it's going to be pretty cool. I'm really proud of you, Bill. Uh, you've taken uh, some big leaps in your life to get to the point where you started this company and, and really like followed your dreams. And so just as, as your friend, I'm really proud of you for what you've accomplished. And it's very inspirational to me personally. 
Uh, so please keep doing what you're doing. Oh, you inspire me, Rebecca. Oh, stop it. Stop it. And Morgan, and Morgan, Morgan thanks, does too. Thanks, thanks. I'm still here. <laughs> no, honestly, though, it, it is it is very inspiring. I I really like watching what you're doing from the sidelines and being like, this is so cool. Uh, you're really building something that's that's very exciting, and I like being I like being. This is my plug. I like being in on the ground floor. And if you too would like to be in on the ground floor, you should sign up for that mailing list. Well, I'm glad to be your dancing inspirational monkey. You know, performing <laughs> for you uh, on the internet. <laughs> All right. Well, definitely go check out all of Bill's stuff. And if you would like to contact Supergirl Radio, you can post a comment on our website at supergirlradio.com. You can email us at supergirlradio at gmail.com. If you want to leave us a voicemail, you can call us at 678-718-7252. Make sure to write and call in before Tuesdays at 6.30 p.m. Eastern. That's sort of our deadline for feedback. Uh, you can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter and Instagram, all at Supergirl Radio. And as Bill said, uh instagram we're trying to follow the cafe pov where the expansion part of that is uh is on our <laughs> to-do list so we're trying we're trying new things over there so if you want to check us out on instagram that's uh it's a it's a fun place to be right now uh you can listen to us on google play iHeartRadio, spotify uh we also have a spotify playlist that includes music featured on and inspired by the show we're also on Radio Public and Podchaser and on uh, DC's fan page, which you can find at dccomics.com slash dc-fans. We're also available on Apple Podcasts and Stitcher Radio, so if you have some time, we encourage you to give us a rating and write us a review. You can find all of those things. I had somebody write in uh, just recently asking about the link to the Spotify playlist. It's there on supergirlradio.com on the right side of the page, so you can check out all, the, all of the links there. And uh, now we're going to throw it over to Ashley for the DC TV plugs. <laughs> If Supergirl Radio fills your heart with glee, then follow the network for DCTV. Don't fail this city, you've got to hear Quiver, where Amanda and Mike will always deliver. Then run along and check out The Flash, Andy and friends make quite the splash. Don't forget the legends like they all forgot Rip. These ladies would never jax you to the time ship. Then join Clement and Nate in the incredible Brit, for Black Lightning's podcast where we all get lit. We come to iZombie, which is very alive, except maybe after the end of season five. Our newest addition to our CW crew is the Batwoman podcast ready for you. We jump over to sci-fi, a whole different channel, to check out Krypton way before our bro Kal-El. Then there's DC Universe so we can all stream. The awesome show Titans, we're only summer teens. And if you love the oldies, may I recommend classic DC TV. Honestly, 10 out of 10. That's it, I hope. Please, Andy, good night. But I would make an exception for Young Justice, all right? Check out DC TV Podcasts on Apple Podcasts, Facebook, and Twitter. And speaking of the DC TV plugs, uh, I know I've had people ask us about our new competition for the DC TV plugs. Uh, stay tuned. Uh, I think there's uh, an announcement that will be coming out soon there about. There might be. Uh, I think Morgan might. I have... might know something about it. <laughs> <laughs> I think Morgan might have uh, recorded something in relation to that. So, uh, uh, so if you want to be part of that, just hang tight we're i'm gonna wait until the actual formal announcement of those new shows because there are new podcasts coming to the network uh if you want to follow me personally i'm on instagram at the derby kid uh and as uh bill uh mentioned uh, i do some voice acting on a sketch comedy podcast of his called the fakest 
pretty proud of that. I'm not an actress, uh, but uh, Bill has made me uh, stretch my uh, acting muscles and really go outside of myself, even though the character is sort of based on me. So that's been been really fun. Uh, So definitely go check it out. Not just because I'm in it or Morgan's in it, but Bill's writing is very funny and the the episodes are just wonderful. So you should go check it out. See, I I would say you should check it out because these two are on it and they're awesome. (laughs) That's what I would say. Oh please! Uh, you can find me. <laughs> you can find me on Twitter uh, and Instagram at Mojotastic, uh, and also as a co-host on the Legends of Tomorrow podcast. But also, as Rebecca mentioned, uh, I have done a couple of a couple of voices on the Fakest, uh, and our our own Rebecca Johnson is a huge a uh, huge role on the Fakest, and <laughs> that is a. That is a crazy, that's a wild ride, the fakest. So you're going to want to get on board. You know what? Not to put too fine a point on it, I would call Rebecca Johnson the co-lead of the fakest. Oh, I would agree. I don't know. It's it's a team effort. It really is. It's a whole, it's a whole news team uh, there. And there's cats and, and all kinds of crazy things involved. Oh, Mr. Freeze 7-Up. All right. Well, I think that's going to do it for our episode on fan podcasting, The Complete Guide. But until next time, I'm still Rebecca Johnson. I'm still Morgan Glennon. And remember, we can do anything together. 